Buenos dias from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 27th of April, 2023. Here's a quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Friday the 21st, over 8,900 victims of crimes against humanity in Venezuela were interviewed by the International Criminals Court, or ICC, with most of them requesting the resumptions of the investigation into the country. The victims consider the court as the only means to achieve compensation or reparations of the harm suffered due to the Venezuelan state's lack of effective justice. Now, the ICC will make a decision in the coming weeks on whether or not to continue the investigation in Venezuela. It's important to remember that the Maduro government denied entry into the commission investigating human rights abuse in Venezuela in 2021, halting the investigations. But the ICC is not the only one concerned about the current situation in Venezuela. On Tuesday the 25th, an international conference in the political process in Venezuela was held in Bogota without the presence of the Maduro regime or members of the opposition. During the conference, Colombian President Gustavo Petro called for the democratic reconstruction of Latin America and the establishment of a schedule for resolving the Venezuelan electoral problem. The attendees reached a consensus to reintegrate Venezuela into the inter-American system of human rights and the implementation of a single trust fund for social investment. Despite their absence in a statement, the Venezuelan government emphasized the need to lift all U.S. sanctions against the country, return assets belonging to Venezuela, and release Alex Saab, a suspected frontman from Maduro who is detained in the United States. On Monday the 27th, as stated by Alvaro Livia, the Colombian foreign minister, in an interview, Guaido attempted to sneak into the international conference. He also mentioned that Guaido was not invited to the conference, adding that only invited countries will participate in the dialogue. In 2019, Maduro had barred Guaido from leaving Venezuela, but he managed to enter Colombia illegally and was subsequently expelled. After his expulsion, he went to the U.S., where he claimed to have received threats against his wife and family. Several political leaders, including Delza Solorzano and Maria Corina Machado, expressed solidarity with Guaido and condemned the persecution he is facing. In electoral news, on Thursday the 20th, Jesus Maria Casal, the president of the National Primary Commission, declared that the opposition would not stop the primary schedule for the 22nd of October, despite the Council of National Electoral, or CNE, refusal to meet their demands. Casal requested the Ministry of Education to allow the use of schools as voting centers, since the CNE would not participate in the logistical and technical organization. Now, on Tuesday the 18th, the CNE rejected Platform Unitaria's request to eliminate the use of fingerprint catcher uh, machines, in the primaries and stated that the biometric authentication process is an integral part of the voting system, necessary to ensure transparency and security in the opposition primaries. Speaking of the primary commission, on Thursday the 20th, the political party Venti Venezuela's youth wing submitted 10,000 signatures advocating for manual voting, participation of all Venezuelans living abroad, and no interference from the CNE to the primary commission. Carlos Fernandez, the national coordinator of Venti Joven, stated that the country has spoken and that these 10,000 young people want to vote manually and ensure that their identity and that of millions of Venezuelans will not be compromised. Fernandez emphasized that if primary commission decide to conduct primaries with the CNE's involvement, they will need to justify to the country why they disregarded the demands of millions and why individuals must use the regime's tools to participate in an opposition-led process. Accident or Attack on Tuesday the 25th, an explosion in a house located in the Pueblo Viejo urbanization in the Anzogadillo state resulted in two fatalities and three injuries. 
Tarek William Saab, the Attorney General, confirmed that the house belonged to Hernan Ernesto Guevara Vistran, a former PDA VSA official and oil businessman who was involved in a corruption case a few years ago. But he wasn't at the house when the explosion occurred. While authorities have suggested that a ghastly caused the explosion, unofficial reports suggest it might have been a C4 attack. Now the third prosecutor's office of the Ansokudo State is leading the investigations, but the actual cause of the explosion remains unknown. Moving on, on Thursday the 20th, the National Assembly of Venezuela approached the organic law of asset forfeiture. Now the law will establish ways to identify, locate, and recover assets derived from illicit activities. Diosado Cabello, the president of the Permanent Committee on Domestic Policy, emphasized the importance of the law of the state that that can immediately act in recovery of the assets and can prevent them from losing their usefulness. According to Cabello, the person accused of these crimes shall have all the mechanisms provided by the Venezuelan legislation at their disposal for appeal. The civil procedure operates independently of the criminal process. Now, the massive arrest of people and for corruption has left one dead. On Thursday the 20th, Leonel Azueje Orea, president of Cartones de Venezuela, or Cartoven, who was under regime custody for alleged corruption, passed away. Chavista Attorney General Tarek William Saab announced his death, which is declared a suicide. However, national prosecutors were appointed to investigate the circumstances of his death. He died two days after his arrest was announced for an alleged corruption scheme. According to Saab, in his cell, where letters were found that Uzahaye wrote to his family. In them, Azuahe mentioned his decision to attempt against his life, while at the same time acknowledging the mistake he made. Following the news, on Friday the 21st, Rosalia Orea, Azuahe's mother, requests protection from Maduro for herself, her daughter, and Uzahe's wife. In a video posted on social media, Urea expressed her fear after what happened to her son, and requested protection for her family. She explained that on 14th of April, state security forces searched her son's apartment and arrested him without any explanation. The family had no information for six days until they were finally notified of Arazuahe's death. In other news, on Friday the 21st, the Zulia State Police Force officials arrested a man who posed as an agent and defrauded people by promising to expedite passport and U.S. visa procedures, charging $25,000 for his services. According to Roberto Antonio Alfaro Molinares, the director general of the police force, 41-year-old Jose Murillo Para used social media to identify his targets. After receiving several complaints, police initiated an investigation that resulted in the arrest of the fraudster. The accused reportedly convinced victims that he had connections with officials from the Administrative Service of Identification, Migration, and Foreigners, or SAME, and the National Institute of Land Transportation could obtain U.S. visa approvals. Now, in sports, on Thursday the 20th, the Venezuelan under-17 soccer team achieved qualification for the under-17 World Cup for the second time in its history by defeating Paraguay 2-0 in the final hexagonal of the under-17 South American Championship. David Martinez and Mike and Gonzalez scored the goals. The Vinotino reached six points in the final hexagonal and secured the last of the four available spots for the next World Cup in the category. In 2013, the Venezuelan under-17 team qualified for the World Cup for the first time with a team left by Rafael Dudamel. Now, good news. On Monday the 24th, King Felipe VI of Spain awarded the Cervantes Prize, the highest literary award in the Spanish language, to Rafael Cadenas, a 92-year-old Venezuelan writer and poet, making him the first Venezuelan to receive the award. 
The jury recognized Cadena's vast literary work, which included poetry, essays, and translations, and his ability to push the creative possibilities of the Spanish language to its limits. The Cervantes Prize, which has been awarded to writers such as Octavio Paz, Carlos Fuentes, and Mario Vargas Loesa in the past, is endowed with 125,000 euros. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Ciao.